Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Jürgen Lawson. In this episode, we have Dr. Christos Grigorogolou and Professor Kieran Walsh. Christos is a research fellow in health services research at the Manchester Centre for Health Economics, and Kieran is a professor of health policy and management, both at the University of Manchester. And the paper, it's all about locums, the scale and scope of locum doctor use in general practice in England, analysis of routine collected workforce data in 2017 to 2020. Now, there is plenty of opinions that are swirling around about locums, but not a whole lot of evidence, and it's rather sparse. I started by asking Kieran to tell us a little bit about what we do already know about the background evidence around locums in the workforce and in general practice. So there's, there's been masses of stuff in the media about locums, both in primary and in, in secondary care, and quite a bit of kind of critical coverage of locums as people, high costs, not committing themselves to the service, you know, being being there to sort of, you know, um, do, do do the work and take the money, but but not becoming, for example, partners or full-time consultants and, and senior doctors in hospitals. So there's been quite a lot of um if if you like quite pejorative coverage uh, about locums but there's actually very little research um so we set out about a year ago to start this research project funded by um nihr to do two or three things really straightforwardly one was to look at the scale and scope of locum practice what do locums do where do they practice how many of them there are that sort of stuff secondly to try and understand how organizations use locums and thirdly, and, and perhaps what we can learn from how they best use locums or perhaps how they shouldn't use locums. Uh, and thirdly, to try and look at the question of whether locum doctors practice or perform differently from permanent doctors in organisations. And that's essentially what we've been trying to do. In, in general practice, it's very different from, from what happens in, in secondary care and in hospitals. Um, we do have some limited data that, from past surveys that suggest a lot of GPs have locum contracts. But no one had really looked at actually how much care gets provided by locums, the data that the NHS Digital collects from the Workforce Census. Um, And no one had really used things like CPRD to try and look at the kind of work locums do and some of the things that you might think might be useful indicators of differences in performance. For example, looking at prescribing or referral decisions or returns to the surgery for a subsequent appointment and so on. That's really what we set out to do. Yeah, Brilliant area to look at. And as you say, just an awful lot of, um, you know, beliefs and sort of prejudice that may be swirling around around locums without not, without with very little good hard evidence to back it up at all. So really fine area to explore further. This might be a good point for me to come to you then, Christos, to tell us a little bit about what you did and then to get on to what you found. Yeah, thank you. Um, so for this study, we used the routinely collected data which are available from NHS Digital, to quantify GP locum use in England for the period 2017 to 2019. And uh, we also examined the GP locum workforce composition and we compared it to other types of GPs. Uh, We looked at the regional variation of locum use across the country and we also identified uh, general practice population characteristics which explain variability in locum use at uh, the general practice level for the whole of England. And uh, in terms of what uh, we found for this study, we used several data sources. The main one was the GP workforce statistics, which is available from NHS Digital. And we collected indiv- individual practitioner level information on full-time equivalent. 
as well as other information on age, gender, and uh, country of qualification for all different types of GPs. Uh, moreover, we use some other data which were available at the general practice level. And uh, what we found was that uh, in terms of uh, the how GP locum uses available in England, we found that uh, GP locum use was about 3.3% of uh, total GPFT. And that figure remained relatively stable over time for, for our time period. Really interesting numbers. So I'll just I will go I'll go through those numbers that because so basically three point one five percent in December twenty seventeen, and as you said there, three point three percent of total GP full time equivalent in September twenty twenty. So really, you know, very stable average locum use in England. And we should be clear that that this is these figures are for England over that period. It's not really moved at all. What so the and the proportion of um, the proportion of practices that reported some locum use. Uh, I think it was it was it was quite quite high. I think most practices reported lead some locum some locum use in every reporting period. Uh, I think that proportion was about ninety five percent of all practices reported at least some GP locum use at any point during the, the the study period. And what did the um what did the results show about long term locum use? So we also looked at the breakdown of uh, different categories of uh, GP locums. There were two main categories of GP locums in the data. We had long-term locums and infrequent locums. And for the same time period between December 2017 and September 2020, we examined uh, those two categories. And we found that uh, most locums worked in long-term positions, about uh, 74% of uh, total GP locum FT was covered by long-term locums. And uh, interestingly, there we also found a, a quite a big reduction between December 2019 and March 2020 in the FT for infrequent locums. Uh, long-term locum FT remained relatively stable over time. Yeah. So there, there was about a 47% reduction in frequent locum FT in that quarter. Okay. It was when the pandemic hit as well. Yeah, that's all. That's the obvious question there. Before we might talk about that in briefly in a minute, but one thing I would like you to tell us about a little bit about is um, anything particularly from associations you found in your regression analysis as well. Yeah, so we 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 had to, we ran two mod two regression models. One was over time for two years, for twenty eighteen and twenty nineteen, and one cross sectionally. And uh, we found that uh, some important predictors of higher locum use were, was, were whether the practice was single-handed. Uh, also, CQC ratings were quite important. We found that practices that were rated as, as providing inadequate services had two times higher locum use than practices that were rated as providing outstanding services. And uh, practices that uh, were rated as requiring improvement were at 23% higher locum use than practices that were rated as providing outstanding services. And also in terms of rurality, we found that practices that were located in rural areas had 25% higher locum use than practices in urban areas. Yeah. So rural practices, lower CQC ratings, and single-handed practices were all strong predictors of this kind of higher amount of locum use. This would be a good point to come to you again, Kieran, to tell us, put, it, put this all together a little bit. How do you think this all fits together and what, what does it point towards? 
I think you said something earlier, which is really important, 3% and it's pretty stable. You know, so there's been a lot of noise about the sort of explosion of locum use. And the data suggests, unless it's being underreported, of course, which, which may well be, be true in the, in the workforce census, but the data suggests it's relatively stable. Having said that, there is a lot of variation. Chris has alluded to some of the practice characteristics which seem to be important and which probably aren't a huge surprise single-handed practices making more use of locums for example but also there's a lot of geographic variation so high locum use in london and you know that three percent figure well it goes up to 14 percent in a small number of ccgs particularly in sort of outer london so there are some interesting workforce pressures probably playing out into that that use of locums yeah, and we don't want to um, we don't want to pursue the kind of the prejudice against locums, but obviously those practices which are perhaps struggling um, to recruit and retain retain GPs, and we know obviously that's a you know we're at something of a crisis and have been for many years. Things are very difficult in terms of recruitment and retention and general practice just now. That those practices in particular must fit, you know, the rural practices and the practices who are struggling with inadequate CQC ratings, they perhaps need a specifically some specific help to to manage their. Uh, GP problems. Yeah, and and I, and I think not all locums are the same. That's really important. So you know, locums are a really heterogeneous group, and I think we'd think very differently, wouldn't we, about a practice where they have locums coming in, but they're, for example, ex-practice GPs who come back and do some locuming, or they're kind of known quantities, what we described earlier on as quite regular locums. Whereas you might find some practices where the practice is basically being run by locums. Uh, because they can't recruit principals, can't recruit partners on some of the, you know, some of the big groups where there's a lot of use of locums and that might be, be more worrying. But the qual data that isn't in this paper that, but that we've collected suggests that uh, how the practice uses locums matters a great deal. So locums themselves talk about, you know, actually turning down jobs in some places because they don't feel they'll be, they'll be well treated, well looked after. Places where they'll come in and the information they need to practice safely isn't easily available. Uh, that you know, no one gives them a cup of tea. No one invites them to have lunch during the during the, the the in the in the surgery staff room, and where they're just expected to get on and do stuff. Whereas other practices, which make them much more welcome, and, and I think an important question here is whether the determinant of quality of care from from locums is more about the organisations that bring locums in than it is necessarily about the locums themselves. I think that's a brilliant point. And um, certainly my experience of having locumed as well over the years is that even well-run practices, and sometimes it's that just having, you know, that the hostile GP partner in the corner who's slightly abusive to the locum, um, but that we really just lump all GP locum GPs together into one category. And that's really a terrible error here that in fact, it's much more complicated and um, you say the environment they're in is much more critical. Yeah. And, and in both hospitals and in primary care, what we're seeing is that, that doctors are following different, less linear, less deterministic career trajectories. You know, the days where you, you, know, you did your GP training and then you looked for a partnership and, 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 and that, was your, that was where you'd stay seem to have gone. And so lots of the people who are locoming are locoming through choice because they've decided to take time out, because they've got family responsibilities, because they want to locum for six months and then go and do, I don't know, a, a course in expedition medicine for the next six months. So they're a really heterogeneous group. So what matters probably is not so much whether people are locums, but how we use locums to provide safe care. That is ideal. Listen, I'm going to leave it there. That's really been wonderfully informative. And thank you both very much, Christos and Kieran, for coming on and telling us about it today. 
Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again. <laughs>